What's up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, aka Totag and Tambo, back for a week nine edition of the Prize Picks and DK Picks show. Got my main man JT Hayes back from, I believe it was a conference, but we know his ATL Braves were out doing their thing. So JT Hayes, talk to me, my man. How you doing? A great week for the city of Atlanta. I was in Miami. I was at a conference during the day. Of course, there's a lot to do in Miami at night. So definitely some nice dinners, maybe a few drinks and a little bit of celebration over the last couple of days as uh, in Atlanta, major sports team finally brought home a world championship. So pretty exciting. And you mentioned week nine, we're now at the point in the season where I type in a team to my Google bar up top and it takes me right to their injury report, which is vital because especially this week, seems like every team is dealing with injuries, whether it be from COVID to more serious injuries. One of those weeks where you're gonna to have to keep your ear tuned once again to the news and really kind of wait until right about one o'clock on Sunday on the East Coast before you wanna finalize anything. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Like you said, again, congrats to you. Congrats to Atlanta, all the fans, everyone out there. That was incredible. But the injury stuff you talked about, it's kind of a double-edged sword. We love later in the season, the later we get, not because it's going to be gone away or anything like that or, or you know anything along those lines, more so just you get all the information about the teams. You feel better about it. You can start running flow charts and saying, oh, well, this has been a theme. Let's go against this and try and take advantage of it. But then at the same time, it also means guys are getting banged up a little bit more. Some of these injuries, as you mentioned, and got to look out for that. So definitely all this information we tell you right now will be valid as of now, but it might not be as valid come Sunday. Keep your ear to the ground there. Of course, you can join us over at Run Pure Sports. We got the setup over there. JT Hayes and myself do the Sunday morning show. It's free on YouTube, off the chalk. If you're here now on Mayo Media Network for the first time, hit that red subscribe button in the bottom right corner. Hit the like button. Let us know in the comments your thoughts. But JT Hayes, we're going to get into it same as always. For those that are joining us for the first time, if you are, welcome. It's going to be prize picks first. Two of our favorite picks over on that site. You're going to set it up that way. You can do a lot of great things over there. I'll let JT Hayes talk more about it in a minute. And then, of course, we'll transition to the DraftKings picks later on at the end. We'll go position by position quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We'll even talk a little bit of defense for you guys. Uh, I've made some pretty good lineups off this show, putting them together and then just making some small changes on Sunday morning when you get some more news that's relevant to potentially changing the slate. But JT Hayes, talk a little bit about prize picks. And then once you do, uh, feel free to go right into your two main prize picks of the week. Yeah, and it's an interesting week for defenses too because of that very reason, all of the injuries. But if you haven't been using prize picks, first of all, you're losing out. We've been giving you winners on this show, I think three weeks. The last three weeks that I was on, I went five out of six, two each week. So I did get one wrong. Tam, I know you've been on fire as well. And we've had Bobby Gomes on here. Very simple, DraftKings scoring, that's what Price Picks uses. You pick the over or under, and they get a ton to choose from. They've got everything from the Thursday night game to the Monday night game, a bunch of quarterback, passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, touchdowns, interceptions sometimes. So it's pretty amazing. And since you're watching on the Mayo Media Network and you're subscribed, of course, and you've hit the like button already, and I won't mind if you hit it three or four times, it'll probably only count once, but uh, why not? Let's see if there's a malfunction. Uh, we've got a contest going on. And if you make your bet $7.11, $7.11 in American, 
you're going to pick five picks over or under that gets you into the Mayo Media Network contest that's specific to prize picks and some big prizes at the end of the year for the person who does best throughout the season they'll get a three thousand dollar prize insight credit 1500 for second and on and on if you haven't been playing every week already well it's too late if you're really bad at this because if you are playing every single week and you just come in dead last there is a bonus there as well so a little bit of I don't know, sympathy, empathy from Pat Mayo himself and the people at Prize Picks. So pretty nice there. And then there's weekly bonuses, Tambo, as well, as you know, for those people that get all five picks right, right? They get $50, boom, site credit, and you are in the mix. So prizepicks.com, use code MMN, and they're still giving you a $100 deposit match. I mean, these people are incredibly generous. You talked about this week. I wasn't here last week. Uh, the week before, I went one for two, unfortunately, due to an injury. And there's a couple of numbers here this week that I think are, I would get in there right now because it's ripe to take advantage. While there's some injury news that really hasn't been updated, you can speculate. But a couple of ones that I like, I'm going to start with this game in Baltimore, the Minnesota Vikings heading in to take on the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm not going to talk about the Vikings just yet. I'm going to talk about Lamar Jackson. His over-under set at 250 and a half passing yards. They've played seven games, the Baltimore Ravens, and Lamar has gone over this in four of the seven games. Pretty soft opponent here in Minnesota. And the biggest thing, as anyone who listens to any type of content in this industry will already know by Thursday of this week, the Ravens are passing more. It's probably because they got most of their running backs out of a nursing home on the south side of Baltimore, but they are passing well more than they ever have. And Lamar Jackson has put up a 400-yard passing game this season. He's got a ton of weapons from Hollywood Brown to the rookie Rashad Bateman to one of my favorite plays on the entire slate this week in Mark Andrews, an underpriced tight end for what he gets in terms of opportunity. It's going to take the over on Lamar Jackson, 250 and a half passing yards. And then my second guy is a guy who has had a hard time staying on the field. It's kind of risky from that standpoint because he just came back last week, but he is clearly the alpha in this Miami Dolphin receiving core. I'm talking about Devontae Parker. He had 11 targets against the Buffalo Bills last week in a yeah, chase game strip, but he's clearly the number one on this Miami team in the games he's played in all but one of them. He's had double-digit targets. And look, they're playing the Houston Texans. Tua has not only looked good, more importantly, he's looked healthy. And I think if Tua and Devontae stay on the field in this matchup against the Houston Texans, then Devontae Parker is going to smash his over-under of 55-and-a-half receiving yards. I think he's going to do a lot better than that. I think it's one of those where you may look up halfway through the first quarter and be like, whoa, I already hit my Devontae Parker prize pick. Yeah, I really like that pick the most. Uh, you know, Tua back, like you said, looking healthy, going to him just makes a whole lot of sense. I think Waddle will be a little more popular when we get to things like DraftKings later on and people are looking at who to go and who to pair with him. But I think Parker is a guy you got to take the risk on now, and that's built into the price 
on prize picks, like you mentioned. So get after it right away. Head on over there. Sign up. Get on. Use that as one of your first picks. I've got a couple. I'm heading out of the country for this one. Going to Correlation Nation. Going to put these two together. I got two quarterbacks, and I got them both in the same game. And you know I'm picking the overs. But I think these yards are just a little bit low. So uh, first one's Baker Mayfield over 225 and a half. When I made this pick this afternoon, sort of getting it in there, it's still there. But when I made this pick, uh, the news was obviously OBJ still out. I've heard a little bit of rumblings. He'll come up a couple times in the show where yeah, maybe he's going to try and call Baker. Or maybe he's going to try and work his way back into the second half. I'm not sure if that will be this week. Uh, when Stefanski talked about him the other day, it sounded like he's out. But we'll have to see what ends up happening. But either way, uh, my thoughts were this. Um, you know, you've got this game here. It's division game. So this is a little bit of the worry, but not really one that I'm too worried about with these numbers. Uh, 225 and a half is the first one for Baker Mayfield. And then you've got Joe Burrow on the opposite side of that game over 255 and a half. So you do got to hear me out. It is a division game, like I said, but we could see run, run, run and all this go on. But a big thing for me is how the game gets going and how it sets the tone. If Baker wants to come out and show, uh, let's say OBJ's not there. Let's say he wants to come out and show what he can do without him. Let's say for some reason OBJ is there by the time we get to Sunday. Maybe he goes to him just to prove a point that way as well. And what I'm most concerned with or think is going to be the tone that gets set for this game and why I like these two plays together, JT, is that if you get Burrow just doing what he does, and that is throwing and finding his weapons, even mixing on the ground, those short little dump-offs and mixing, taking them for 60 can be, can be strong, solid, whatever you want to say there. And you've got obviously Jamar Chase. And when I want to talk about Jamar Chase, because he'll definitely come up later on, I'll save it for later on, but I think it ties in nicely to this. It has to do with the potential to be the offensive rookie of the year. So I think when you've got all these weapons going like that, well, now Baker will have no choice but to throw, and that really could lead to both of them getting there. So beyond that, what are your thoughts on those two in the same game against each other with those numbers for those passing yards on prize picks? You know, it's interesting, and I looked because we, we joked back and forth this morning when you were picking Baker, I, I said, well, I guess he's going to throw what, you know, 45 five-yard passes, and they're all going to be to Donovan Peoples-Jones. But the point you bring up that is most valid, I think there's a couple of them. One, in only a couple of games this year has Baker not gotten there, and those were in games against slow opponents, the game against Minnesota you can throw out the window, and the game that they just had against Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh's in no hurry to do anything on the field, given the state of their quarterback. So I do think that number is low based on what you see from Baker over the course of the season. I think there's an aspect there where the team is going to have a little bit of a chip potentially. You've got Nick Chubb, who's back now healthy. He can open up the play action if he can get going on the ground. And then the other side of that, this game is in Cincinnati. The Bengals are coming off a devastating loss at the Jets following a impressive road win against a division opponent in Baltimore. And this is the first of two division games. And these teams, the other thing, Tambo, that I looked at is these teams have shot out before. These teams like to put points on the board. And not only do I like the prize picks calls, but I went back in and I said, all right, let's say for DFS, if I wanted to stack this up, it's going to be a very low on, very contrarian stack. And I think there is a chance that you could see a shootout. Yeah, still a big total in this game too, might I add, 47. Again, it can come from the running game. I get it. Mixon could run in too. Chubb could run in too. And that's another way to look at it. And we'll convert to DFS anyway and go to that. So I, I don't hate it. But like I said, I do think there's going to be an opportunity for these guys to hit these numbers. And with 255 for Burrow, that's extremely low. 225 for Baker, two and a half. 
for the the prize picks numbers i just think are too good this early on so again mix these things together we just gave you four solid picks if you don't like one or two of them put two and put three of your own put three and put two of your own whatever you might be for that 7-eleven at five picks for the contest but i do think those are some good ones to start us off i especially like your Devonte parker call uh, let's move it over to DraftKings. we're going to talk about a lot more guys some of these guys will come across and then others will be new and introduced to you on the DraftKings side of things but we'll start a quarterback as we always do give me a couple quarterbacks jt hayes that you like this week for the slate you know, it's changed because in the beginning of this week, Aaron Rodgers was my number one guy going up against the Chiefs. Of course, Rodgers and the COVID situation there. Injury situation with another quarterback that I would have potentially been interested in, in Kyler Murray. But I think for me, I already talked about Lamar Jackson. I like him in this matchup. A nice rebound spot. I expect the Ravens to bounce back here coming out of the bye but I think the top quarterback on the board, he's probably got to be the top play if you're playing cash games in DFS. And that's Josh Allen going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, the Jaguars got lit up by Geno Smith. Okay. Geno Smith, who the last time he threw a pass before Russell Wilson got injured, was I think six quarterbacks to go for the New York Jets. So this is not a defense to worry about. The Buffalo Bills have a ton of weapons. Cole Beasley is questionable to get uh, in this game on Sunday, but I think those are the two guys that I'm looking at primarily is going to be Lamar and Josh Allen. And then a guy that I mentioned when I was talking about Devontae Parker, Tua on DraftKings, his price still down at just 5.8 against a Houston Texans team that I don't think there's any question they're tanking. They're clearly having difficulty running their operation if they're not trading off guys like Brandon Cooks and David Johnson. And I think it's a good spot for the Dolphins as well, coming off of a game against the Bills that you look at the final score and you might say, well, it was kind of one-sided, but I watched a lot of the game and that game was a lot closer than the final score. So I like Tua here a little bit as well. Yeah, and one thing to note, there's a lot of these cheap quarterbacks that are in play this week on paper, at least, when it comes to DraftKings. We've got Tyrod Taylor is going to get a start. Uh, I think we've got... Uh, a couple other guys, PJ Walker, there's going to be, uh, you know, you just mentioned it with Tua. There's obviously Jordan Love likely for Green Bay. It's, you know, I say likely because the other backup quarterback, the third string got the COVID-19 uh, positive test as well. So we're hoping Jordan Love makes it all the way to Sunday so far. So good. But yeah, there's a lot of cheaper options. I like that you gave some of the more expensive in Allen and in Lamar. And I was kind of going the same route on this show. I looked at it, you know, first off, Joey Burrow, I'll repeat it. I said a couple things on it already, but when you, it's the thing I love about it is I don't want to stack the Baker side as much. So I like the game stack that you mentioned, but I like Burrow because for me, it's all about how can you stack them and what are the options? Well, it's Chase, it's Higgins, it's Boyd, and then you can add in Mixon or Uzoma if you want, but you don't even have to. Like you can go Mixon. I think it makes sense, but you don't have to put Uzoma because how often is he going to bust out those career games? And is he going to really change the game for you as far as your, your whole lineup goes? If he has a big game, you still have to get everything else right. So I try and simplify it and just use those three or four guys. So that's why he makes a lot of sense to me. I'll talk more on Chase when we get to the wide receiver position. But I also like Dak. Uh, I like your calls. I like Allen. I like Lamar. But with Dak, he said himself today, so coming right from himself, I think that's a pretty good source that he'll be playing. He said he's good to go. He feels great. 
Yeah, he doesn't make the final call. I don't think uh, everyone knows that always, but it's, you know, he'll have to get told that he can play, but if it's up to him and he, he's ready to go. So I do like that. I know Zeke is seemingly going to be popular this week and probably for good reason, but I like to go right back to Dak. And listen, if he's healthy enough to play and they give him the go ahead, he could certainly have himself a big game here. Um, I think it could, you know, narrow down his target tree if Lamb ends up being out. He's questionable as of now with an ankle that's CD Lamb. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But again, if he's out, it just gets even easier to stack because the target tree gets tighter, gets smaller. So I think that makes sense. Denver traded away Von Miller. Sad goodbye there, but you know, just kind of moving on. And if Dak comes out and does quote unquote Dak things, I think he could have a pretty good game. And then like I talked about earlier, the leverage potential if Zeke is going to be extremely popular, I think you can definitely go to Dak and that passing game. So any thoughts on Joey B? You've already talked about him, but more so on Dak for my quarterback picks this week. Yeah, I like the call. I like the call in particular. Uh, talked about it on a podcast that we do at Run Pure Sports that we record on Tuesday night with the Broncos trading Von Miller. Probably a bit of a letdown perhaps on that team on the defensive side, knowing that you know, management has kind of called it in here in the middle of the season. But also what else is interesting to me, which we'll talk about when we get to wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb had an ankle sprain in practice yesterday, limited practice today. And so I, I love Dak's weapons. You've got Amari Cooper, who's priced way down uh, on DraftKings. You've got Dalton Schultz, who was a monster early in the season, coming off a couple uh, of down games. Of course, one without Dak. And I look for him to get everybody back involved, just like when uh, he left. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking here anyway, as of now. Uh, like I said, there's lots of cheap options you could go to as well. I just think uh, it's going to be spread out like always. And some of these big names are the guys that can actually put up the ceiling numbers, whereas the other ones you're sitting sometimes hoping and praying down the stretch that they just get you to 15 to 3 exit or 20 to get a 4x and you're laughing but it's not always it's easier said than done in some cases so uh, we'll leave it at that let's move on to running back though talk to me about your running back plays this week over on DraftKings definitely an interesting week here uh, we have to see what happens with Elijah Mitchell he was a guy that I was looking at he emerged from his big game against the Bears as questionable but looks like he got in a limited practice today I expect that he'll be Okay, he's someone I got my eye on, but I think you have to start, or at least I have to start with Alvin Kamara at 8.2. Kamara coming off a down game, which was to be expected against a Tampa Bay defense that really, really limits the run. They're top five in DVOA against the rush. And then, of course, Jameis Winston got injured in that game. Something else that's interesting about the quarterback position is ownership. If, and assuming this is the case, it's going to be Taysom Hill. You're checking out how much ownership he gets in a matchup against the Falcons. But this game tends to me to see, especially with now Calvin Ridley out on the Falcon side, to be one of the more slower-paced games. It is a low total. And with either Taysom or Simeon, I think it's an opportunity for them to really rely on Alvin Kamara. The Falcons have had trouble stopping both the run, but in particular have had a lot of trouble stopping the passes two backs out of the backfield. So Kamara's up there at 8-2. I like a bounce back here for Nick Chubb in the game against the Bengals. Chubb priced down on DraftKings to just 6.7. And I think, you know, another reason to maybe look at that game, of course, you've got Dearness Johnson there. That is a slight risk, but he looks to be taking on just a little bit of a reduced portion of the Kareem Hunt role. So 
couple of guys there, Mitchell, Alvin, and then Nick Chubb, as far as what I'm looking at right now as of Thursday. If Mitchell was out, would you go hasty? If Mitchell was out, it, it depends on who it depends on who's active with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Because I I feel and, and maybe this is wrong to feel that I can kind of trust him if Mitchell is healthy. If there's any question about it, though, it's one of those things where this is what could happen to him. And this is my concern. This is why I start with him and then I move immediately into other guys. The way the 49ers do things, they're very late to release information, very reluctant to release information. Whatever the league allows it, he can do it. But if it's a situation where by lock on Sunday, he's a game time decision or he's going to warm up with the intent to play. This is the new popular thing. I'll be completely off of it, even though I know it's going to get me lower ownership, simply because I don't trust what the organization is really thinking. Yeah, always hard to trust and just a carousel of guys that they could utilize. So for me, I'm kind of with you there. The one that is always, we don't talk before the show on what our DraftKings plays are. We do send in our prize picks to the producer to have them ready to roll for the show. But I want to make sure that those are a little bit different because we want to get you guys four of the five. Can't complete your five-way for you. But uh, anyways, Camara. I definitely like that. A thing about me that stood out was a couple things. Last week's role didn't really change much. I know they added Ingram and there was all that conversation around it and, you know, getting him back home or whatever you want to call it there. Uh, Six carries, two targets, only 22 snaps. I say only. It's a decent share, but I think this is a much easier matchup than what Kamara just faced. You talked a little bit about that. Uh, He still put up almost 20 DK points last week in that matchup. And I think here would be even, well, it's obviously a better spot on paper, but I think it just can continue even if it is a slower pace. You mentioned it. I don't know if Taysom will make it back. If it is Simeon especially, uh, man, that's just a lot of opportunity for checkdowns, getting flustered, making the easy play and just getting it to Kamara. And Alvin Kamara is definitely a guy that can do things with the ball that you don't really need to worry about much after, you know, one play. You could get an 80-yard touchdown or something like that early and then be able to roll it out the rest of the way from there. So I like him. I don't mind your boy Cordy on the opposite side of that game, just in thinking out loud here. But a couple of the Atlanta guys will come up this week. The Ridley news, which you talked about, obviously taking a, a step away from the game, right? It's you know, not the ideal situation, but it's something important to deal with take care of that stuff. So hopefully he makes his way back. I really love watching that guy play. But again, Cordy has been getting all the opportunities. The price is still low. Talking about Cordero Patterson, of course, calling him Cordy because it's your boy. I say he's your boy. I don't know. You you seem to love him all the time. And I think it's for good reason. The guy gets a lot of opportunity. I'll let you talk on him a few more uh, things in a minute. But the other guy I really want to talk about, JT Hayes, this one I feel pretty good about uh, himself. He's been quietly crushing. And that's Austin Eckler. Uh, if you look, man, not getting very many price adjustments. Last week was off of it quote-unquote hip injury, he had said, or, or something with his a midweek hip injury that he had going on, still put up 25 DraftKings points pretty much. I mean, this guy's getting all the opportunities. He doesn't get marked up. We just loved Swift in this matchup last week. He busted, mind you, but I don't think we're going to see 41 nothing at any point of this game against the Chargers for the Eagles. So I think we're going to get a lot more opportunities with a one Austin Eckler, and I really like him here this week under that 8K price tag. What are your thoughts on Eckler? And then by all means, talk to me about Patterson if you got any thoughts on him this week. Yeah, up until this game, this last game against the Detroit Lions, running backs against the Eagles were a pretty good way to go. In fact, I had Josh Jacobs the week before, and Jacobs was on his way. I think you had him too, was on his way to a monster game. He had something like 16 DraftKings points, had a touchdown halfway through the second quarter. He gets ruled out with some type of chest injury. 
and you know then the backups come in and so i don't mind the eagler call at all i think there's a couple of ways to go up there um but i do we'll, we'll talk about wide receiver i do want to spend up a little bit of wide receiver as well so roster construction going to be a little bit interesting this week on cordy patterson i played him this week again especially once ridley was ruled out from that game declared inactive and he did fine he had 18 i think DraftKings points maybe a little bit more than that uh did get into the end zone right away i'll tell you though i'm really worried about this matchup for the falcons i hate this spot for the falcons going into the superdome uh the saints defense is now getting a bit healthier and with one less weapon i mean i mean these wideouts right I think what you're going to see here is Lattimore is going to cover Pitts, so they're going to do what they can to take Kyle Pitts away. And then you've got Zacchaeus and Gage, and I don't know who else, and then you have Patterson and Davis. I just hate the spot for the Falcons. I think you could see a very slow game on both sides. I think you could see a very heavily one-sided game as it comes to scoring. So I think you're right. The price is still fine, and I do agree that based on the weapons they have, he's going to be very involved in the offense. And, and I'll tell you, I debated because his prize picks rushing, which I took a couple of weeks ago at 37 and a half, is just 33 and a half this week against the Saints. But the issue is the Saints give up almost nothing on the ground. They gave up nothing on the ground to Tampa Bay last week. So if Cordy gets there, it's going to have to be through the air. They are splitting him out as a receiver, but I think this pass rush is going to be able to get to Matt Ryan. So I might not roster a single Falcon this week. Yeah, you use we've got to use the term weapons lightly. If you know, if, if it's knives, it might be butter knives. If it's guns, it might be squirt guns. But yeah, they, they don't have much left. I think that's something to bring up just from a general strategy piece. We try and bring everything to you here on this show. Is that like last week, as soon as the Ridley news came out, people rushed to Russell Gage or Zacchaeus, right? Uh, Olamidi and put him in and it's like that doesn't mean they're going to get better it means the offense actually gets worse and even better realistically for the defense because now all they really have to cover is kyle pitts and they already had a pretty pitts himself already had a pretty tough matchup last week more on that later spoiler alert but yeah i i, I don't disagree with you in general i think it will be a tough game for them i just prefer and especially on DraftKings full point ppr which is what we're talking about here i do prefer guys like him and pitts that might just rack it up on targets alone and you can play them as one-offs. You don't have to get a big game stack going or do anything crazy here. You can have Kamara to do his thing that we talked about and run it back the other side with either uh, Pitts or Patterson. We'll get to that later. Pitt or Patter, let's get at her. There you go. That, that could be the way to do it this week. If you think about it, that goes together just nice. But talk to me about wide receiver. You said you wanted to pay up. Who, who's your main guy at the pay up position? Yeah, I'm going to start my lineups with Stefan Diggs this week. 7.7K on DraftKings. Diggs. I think a lot of people are like, ah, I can't play him. They have so many weapons. Look, he's getting the targets. He has, as far as wide receiver cornerback, wide receiver secondary matchups, he has the best matchup on the board on Sunday slate at 7.7. I talked about Devontae Parker. I also like this matchup against the Ravens, the Ravens secondary for Justin Jefferson. Jefferson priced up at 7.5, coming off of two of his worst games. We just saw Joe Burrow shred this secondary. I don't think there's any argument that Joe Burrow is a much better quarterback at this stage of his career than Kirk Cousins is. But when you look at the weapons that Minnesota has, Dalvin Cook back, presumably fully healthy now, 
as a major rushing weapon. Then you have Thielen. Then you have Jefferson. You kind of have to decide if you're Baltimore, which one of those you're going to cover. And I think Jefferson could be in a spot to have a big game here. And then I'll get your thoughts on the two main wide receivers that we would consider in a game that when we began the week, this was going to be where everybody gravitated to, right? Kansas City and Green Bay was going to have a ton of ownership. Now you've got Rodgers out. Of course, the Chiefs looked not so great on Monday night against the Giants once again. Patrick Mahomes, not so great. Receivers with butterfingers. Travis Kelsey slipping and falling around the line of scrimmage. But you've got Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill both at their lowest price points of the season. I don't know about Adams because you mentioned it could be Jordan Love. Jordan Love, if he makes it to Sunday. But then they did sign Blake Bortles to the practice squad. And who knows what they're going to do by the week's end. So I'll get your thoughts on those two guys. Obviously, the thoughts on my picks. And then what do you have up your sleeve for this week? Yeah, first off, for that game, I think that's a great call that you brought that up. Regardless of who's in at quarterback for Green Bay, you can always go the Mahomes side. Neither of us mentioned him, but I think just in that game environment, you could get yourself a little game going there. And for me, I would only really use those guys in the game stacks. They're still, they're priced down for them, but they're expensive still in general. And what the reason for that for me is that with two expensive wide receivers, I don't really want to play them without their quarterback because if they ceiling out, like if Tyreek Hill has 50 points in DraftKings scoring, it's very likely, well, it, it almost has to be that Mahomes had himself a huge day because how did Tyreek get to that? Now he can run end arounds and things like that. I get it. I'm just saying the general rule. So for me, uh, I'll play some of those guys, but it'll be in back and forth with stacks where I've got like Mahomes, Hill, and one other guy, or maybe just Mahomes Hill and run it back with Adams. I'd have no problem doing that. Uh, The Diggs call makes a lot of sense with Josh Allen. The Jefferson one is kind of funny because uh, we're gonna, this is where the discussion leads into it. You mentioned about Burrow doing damage against them, and, and now it's Kirk Cousins, obviously, with Jefferson. But he's right there with the Jamar, Jamar Chase price, and that's who I was going to talk about. I've mentioned him enough times on the show. Uh, it's kind of a similar situation. Jefferson was really pressing, having himself a very nice rookie season last year. Well, guess what? So is Jamar Chase. And I know he's two grand more, more than 2K, more than a guy like Higgins who gets a bunch of targets. But I use this example all the time over at Run Pure Sports, and I talk about best buy pricing and you go into best buy and the tv that's on sale yes it's a good deal but it's cheap for a reason it might break easier it might suck sometimes you got to pay up to get the better tv get the better performance longer lasting and i'm wondering if that's the case here with jamar chase i personally think it is i like jamar chase and the second tidbit that i saved from earlier if you stuck around was for the offensive rookie of the year if you recall last year, unfortunate injury to Joe Burrow, but he was most certainly in the in the running for it. You know, Herbert wasn't even a thought before at what people had seen out of Joe Burrow in the season he was having as a rookie. Bengals were really going after that because usually they don't have much to go after. Here, they've got a win-win situation. They're actually playing much better football. They have the guy that looks like he could be easily the, the rookie of the year. As of right now, Jamar Chase just having himself one heck of a year already. And it makes sense to throw the ball to him because he's that damn good. So you throw him the ball, you might win the game. You keep throwing him the ball, you might keep racking up stats and getting him the offensive rookie of the year that they wanted to get last year with Burrow when they didn't have a lot else on the go. So sort of a win-win scenario. Uh, I do like, I'm always on Joe Burrow regardless. I, I like these stacks. Like I said, Chase fits them just nice. And I think a lot of people will pay down for Higgins, maybe even Boyd, but I'll, I'll pay up and find my way to get to Chase in those lineups. The second guy, we'll see. I mentioned it earlier, it's kind of a, situation to keep an eye on as JT mentioned off the top but 
uh, with OBJ gone or potentially gone, assuming he's still gone. We'll have to wait and see what happens as of Sunday. It's a lot of time in the NFL from Thursday evening or Friday morning until Sunday at kickoff. We always have to wait this out. But I was going to go to his, well, I don't know if you call him his best friend, but one of his boys, Jarvis Landry. Uh, you talked a little bit about Chubb earlier. I don't hate that. I think if you're in this game stack, you could easily use Chubb and Landry. Landry's cheap enough here. He racks up targets. And the thing about Landry is you say, well, if you're going to play both of those guys, don't you need Baker Mayfield? No, I don't personally think you do because Chubb could run in a couple touchdowns, get there on the ground only. And the thing about Landry, while we still have no hunt, of course, is that that, that helps his scenario. Most people look at Peoples-Jones, the cheap way to build up your lineups. I think Landry could just rack up 10 for 100 and a touchdown. Does not mean you need Baker at all. That really doesn't pump his stats that much. Hopefully he still beats the 225 and a half prize picks over that I have, of course. But uh, let's get him to 226 with 110 of them being to Jarvis Landry. And I think that can work. And I think you would still be able to stack it up with Burrow on the other side. So it would play right into my game stack, your chub love, all those things that we've got going on there in, the, in this position. Any other thoughts at wide receiver this week? No, I think I think that's where I'm starting. I like the Landry call. Uh, very, very cheap, especially when you consider that Beckham is likely going to be out. So uh, I like that a lot. And then remember, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to get excited and say, oh, I'm going to play Peoples-Jones because all he has is Landry and the tight ends. And keep in mind that big game that Peoples-Jones had, I think one of those touchdowns was on a Hail Mary. So not going to chase that performance. Yeah, and I think too, the other thing about it is, is even if somehow OBJ plays this Sunday, it would just get people completely off Landry. And I still wouldn't really be completely off him because the whole point of the conversation around OBJ, whether it's a diva situation or not, is that they can't, he can't work with Baker. They never work. They try, I've tried it. Trust me. They never find each other. You and I looked up all those stats that week for these guys. I sold the story on OBJ, uh, Keenan Allen, all those guys that we looked up at those all-time lows and it still didn't happen for Odell Beckham. Like the guy just never gets there. So uh, for me, tough to go back to that. Let's move on though. Let's talk about the tight end position. Uh, you know, a little bit interesting this week. I think uh, Dan Arnold worked last week. So everyone wants to go back to the punt play. And we know with the, you know, the Noah Fant situation looks like Albert O, I'm going to call him because that last name, I know it to see it. It's very hard to pronounce. I don't even want to try it. If you want to give it a go, by all means. But I think people will go to him, and he will be popular at the cheap price, probably for good reason. But when you're looking for all across the board ceiling, he can make that work. But you can also just get unique and different by building a completely different roster construction, like paying up at the tight end position. So what are you doing here with the position this week? Yeah, I'm definitely not going to try and pronounce his name, but he <laughs> did have a limited practice on Thursday, so something to keep an eye on there. Probably nothing. He probably plays fine with Noah Font on the COVID IR. But you mentioned paying up, and I'm going to go with the, the payups here at the tight end position of guys that I am interested in. The first is Darren Waller. You're paying up at 6'2", but he's at his lowest price point of the season in a friendly matchup against the New York Giants. The game is at MetLife in Jersey. And look, without going into a lot of detail, I think everybody knows the Raiders are now down one more wide receiver this week. So you're looking at a, a much more condensed route tree for a guy who was popular with Derek Carr beforehand. He had the injury, they had the bye week, and now looks like he's going to be back on Sunday. But more so than him, I think the guy that I'm most interested in is a guy that I'm going to pair with Lamar Jackson. That's Mark Andrews. 5.5K, 
Marquise Hollywood Brown is 6K. They're getting about the same amount of targets, but more often than not, Mark Andrews is the guy who's turning them into fantasy production. So Mark Andrews at 5'5", and then definitely going to throw Waller into some lineups as well. Yeah, I like the Waller call. Uh, you know, like I said, not going to get too deep into it, but definitely like that you know, spot for him. So Waller makes a lot of sense to me. I was going to bring it up, though. I do like Kyle Pitts. I talked about it earlier. I know you said you don't want any Falcons, so I won't even – I'm not even going to let you talk about this after because I don't want to just get you crushing me in the end. But uh, like I said, with Ridley stepping away, he's basically a wide receiver one uh, at a very fair price tag. And if you can see it like that in your mind and not just that, you oh, you have to play him as a tight end, I get it. But – not many wide receiver ones like that are at that price. Before that, he was having some pretty good weeks out there. Uh, and the thing about it is the little back and forth you could put together with Kamara and him really makes sense. And also the Lattimore piece, like you brought up, it works. But I said this last week, oh, you can't play Mike Evans. There's no way he can do anything. It's Marshawn Lattimore. He's killed him in the past. And then there was like screenshots I took because I was really rubbing it back in everyone's face of Lattimore hanging barely onto his ankles as big boy Mike Evans took the rock into the house. And that's what I could easily see Pitts doing here. He's also a pretty big boy. And I don't think it's going to matter. Lattimore's good for sure. But is it going to change the game? It's one slip foot. It's one miss, one slip tackle, anything like that where he's in to the house himself. And I think that could make up for it. And like I said, they don't have much to go on there. So I'm going to play a little bit of pits this week. But I just think in general, like I said, paying up at the position. I love the Andrews call. Uh, makes a lot of sense with, with Lamar Jackson just putting him together and not having to try and figure out too much with that stack. Just play the two of them, pick someone from the other side or don't, and just roll that game out. I think that's how you do it. So not much else for me at the tight end position as of now. The only other way I go about it really for me, JT, is if I'm stacking up games. So if there's certain guys that I'll get in there based on a game stack or a three-man stack or something like that that I'm doing with some of the quarterbacks that we mentioned, that's sort of the only other thing that I'll look at doing. But I do like paying up this week. Anything else at tight end? Otherwise, bring us into the DSTs. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about Kyle Pitts other than to say if Tom Brady was his quarterback, I would definitely consider playing him in this matchup. So um, <laughs> um, as far as defenses, I think there are some interesting defenses. I haven't looked at revised ownership, as you know, and, and I know as well. Ownership on a Thursday night when we record this really means nothing, especially with so much injury news out there. So I just took a look at what defenses in the 2 to 3K range that I was looking at that I was potentially interested in and two stand out to me and they stand out to me based on current injury news and what we may find out throughout the rest of the week, rest of the week. And the first is a defense that probably you or I haven't played very much this season. It's Kansas city, Kansas city, 2.3 K on DraftKings for the defense. It's going to be either Jordan love or Blake Bortles and Jordan love will be making his first professional start. That's a spot I usually like to target. It sometimes is popular, but oftentimes it's not. I don't know how popular it's going to be this week, depending on, again, what the rest of the news is. And then the second one, it's a tough time for Arizona to be heading into San Francisco with such injury issues when the Niners are actually getting healthier. looks like George Kittle is going to return this week, obviously a big offensive piece, but the Niners defense, just 2.8 K depending on whether or not Kyler is in the mix there. And then I even circled Cincinnati's defense at 2.9. Correlate that with Mixon and your Burrow stack. If you're not running it with Baker, you could even throw Landry in there if you wanted to. 
Yeah, uh, I like the uh, the 49ers one actually quite a bit. I wasn't really thinking that route. And I do think, like you said, they are getting healthier. They have the opportunity. And you don't have to put them with anything else. You can just play them. You don't have to put Mitchell if he's in or try and pick a hasty or whatever it might be if Mitchell was out. There's nothing you really have to do there. But just play them and let them tee off and hope that that goes your way. Kansas City, as of right now, again, it's Thursday night, Friday morning. You guys are listening to this. There is some ownership projections out there. And they are far and away the number one, one, you talked about it, the price 2,300 and two, the obvious going up against either love or Bortles, um, probably love. We'll have to wait and see maybe Bortles though. Who, who knows? Either way, I can see why that would be a thing. I don't really love those spots. I've talked about this a little bit in the past, the price, it's hard to give up. That's why I know I, I can see why they're popular, but if you look at it, like we've seen $4,900 Pat's D go really sour against a Davis Mills start. We've seen the Bengals not really have a great game against the Bengals defense. That is against Mike white who went out and just went off. So not saying the quarterback's going to go off in this situation, but just saying it becomes tough. And sometimes you do see these, these um, offenses just readjust their plan. And you might, you know, we didn't talk about this guy, but a really good GPP flyer this week that you could take if you're paying up a, a running back could be Aaron Jones. Maybe they just hand the ball, put it in his hands 25, 30 times and see what he can do. And he gets with, you know, does his thing where he gets three touchdowns or whatever it is and breaks the slate. So uh, a little nugget at the end there of a thought process, just thinking through it here. But for me, a couple I've got one, the bills, they're definitely pricey, but man, Trevor Lawrence is just opportunity central for defenses. You can just feast off of them. It's been that way. It's not a bad thing. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. He's number one overall for a reason. He's obviously good. It's just mistakes. It's like you said, people make mistakes. And the differences, back to my previous statements, you just said, well, they don't always make mistakes. It's the first time for one of these guys, if it's Jordan Love, it's his first start. But it's not the same. Jacksonville's letting Trevor Lawrence go to work. They want to see what he's got. They want to let him feel comfortable. Let him go out and just throw it all day. And if he makes a mistake or throws a pick, it's all good. We'll, we'll get it back next time or try it again. I don't necessarily think that's what some of these other teams are going to do. Mind you, uh, they have with, like I said, look at Mike White just last week. Uh, I don't know what he's doing right now as we record this very show, but uh, last week he went off. So there is that. The second one for me is a little bit off the board. It's a thousand bucks more than those Chiefs in the Cowboys at 3,300. Going against Teddy Bridgewater, uh, we let, you know, teams liked, uh, I know folks like the defenses against this team last week. And if you look at it, he does take a lot of sacks. Uh, Trayvon Diggs did have an ankle injury, but he was fine as of today. Uh, I think he's currently the, the defensive player of the year. He certainly can get himself another INT here, at least one. Uh, he said, you know, his ankle's all good. He was a full practice today. So I think that's one that not as many will take a, a shot with. And you can get unique in tournaments going with the Cowboys. So I, I like them especially in the large field stuff where I think most won't be on them sort of in that mid-tier price range. Any other thoughts on defense for the week? No, the only one, if you're paying up that I looked at was, was the saints. Yeah. You, and you could put them, you, you mentioned this already. Uh, it's not a, a Homer thing for you, but like you could easily put them. Uh, we talked about earlier how the Atlanta is bad and how it changed their offense in the sense that they just get worse. Having no Ridley doesn't necessarily just mean opportunities galore for everyone else. It just means it makes it easier for the defense in some cases. And you could go Camara saints. You don't need to put Camara in there, but you'd think that would help him out in that situation. But the saints could just go to town and have themselves a day. So I do like that call as well. All right, I think that's it, JT. We've talked about a lot for this week. Again, guys, keep your eye out. A lot can change. Uh, talk to the people about where they can find you and what else you got going on this week for content. Yeah, at JT Hayes Jr. on Twitter. I'll have uh, an article. I'm writing up a couple of games. I got uh, 
drew the short straw over at Rum Pure Sports. I'm going to write up the injury riddled games. I've got the Packers and the Chiefs, and then the Niners and the Cardinals. So I started to do that right up today, and I said, mm, no, they're going to come out on Saturday. They always come out on Saturday, but I'm going to have to wait until tomorrow or Saturday morning to finalize those things, wait for some more of this news. And then, Tambo, you and I, it always feels like it's about 5.30 in the morning, but it's 8.45 in the morning on Sunday for the Off the Chalk Show at Rum Pure Sports. Use code RPS Heater 25 if you're not already a member of Rum Pure Sports, and that gets you 25% off of your first month's payment. And regardless of whether you're a member or not, you can join us, have some breakfast with us at 8.45 on Sunday and take in our notes for the Sunday slate. Yeah, we've been having a good run on that show. It'll be good to get you back there this week. My, you, myself, AP, excited about that one. That's always a great show, and it's a great way to kick it off. Like you said, the time zone thing helps me a little bit more than it helps you, so I don't feel as bad about the time that we start at. I'm a little more up and at them, ready to go, but you said everything else, man. Find us on Run Pure Sports here at the Mayo Media Network. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. We love doing these shows for you guys for free. We really appreciate you sticking with us. Leave some comments if you have any feedback. Hit the like button. Head on over to Run Pure Sports. Use promo code RPSHEATER25. You can find me on Twitter at Toe Tag and Tambo. If you have any other questions other than that, thank you guys and good luck.